listening to audio from Oasis Church in Winter Haven, Florida. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit our website at www.oasischurchwh.org. And thanks so much for listening. Good morning. My name is Angie Greer. Chad Greer is my husband. And we serve here at Oasis. I'm one of the nursery workers, and we've also done some small groups in the past. And Easter's super special for us, especially here at the church, because it was an Easter Sunday that we came to this church for the very first time, and we've not looked back. And it's been about 10 years. So if you're here as a visitor this morning, Feel free to have this anniversary date with me and make this your home as well. So today I'll be reading Luke 24, it's 1 through 12. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed by this, Behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened, they bowed their faces to the ground. The men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? Why do you seek... I just said that. He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to, to them as an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves. He went home marveling at what had happened. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Andrew. In our normal series on Sunday mornings, we're in chapter number 18 of the book of Luke. For those of you who are new to us, and uh, those of you who have been here week after week are saying, hey, wait a minute, you've skipped some things. Well, you know, sometimes it's appropriate to skip to the end, just kind of to see how it's going to end, right? I think that's appropriate for us today as we celebrate the resurrection of our crucified Savior, our risen King. And a tradition that is not just at Oasis Church, but throughout a lot of the country and all over the world, is when especially on this day, someone says the phrase, he is risen, you respond by saying, that's right, he is risen indeed. So if along the way I were to just drop out, he is risen, you say, frighten me with it, okay? Let me forget that you're going to respond and then respond and watch my reaction because I'll forget. Give me a few minutes and I'll forget. Just what a blessing it is if you're, if you're visiting with us. If your first time here at Oasis Church, what an honor it is to have you. We're just thrilled that you can be here. Uh, we intentionally don't 
change things up on Easter Sunday because we don't want you to come and experience some mega smoke and mirrors and light show and then next week come back and go, hey, where'd all that go? We feel like it's more important to be who we are with one exception. And those of you who know, who've been around, know what that one exception is. (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, yes, he did. Two times a year. My wife, I love her. Easter and Mother's Day. So hang around. Come back in next month. You'll see it the second time this year. But we try to be as real and authentic and just who we are. And today, as who we are, we just want to declare some things that don't need to be taught. You see, each week we come, we look to the Scripture, and and we ask of the Lord to teach us that thing that He meant Teach us that point. Show us what it is that you want us to know about who you are, about who we are, and about how we can be rightly related, how we can walk with you, how we can be in fellowship with you, and how we can live a life on on the basis of, of what you've taught us, how that we can flourish as we follow Jesus by faith. And we look to the Scripture and we say, what does it say and what did they mean and then how do we apply it today? Ladies and gentlemen, can I just tell you that today needs no explanation. The Word just says what it says. And we declare to you, as matter of first things, which we also have received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scripture, that He was buried That he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. That he appeared to Peter. And then to the twelve. And then he appeared to more than 500 at one time. Who at the time of this writing, many of which were still living. And could verify that they too had seen him. Then he appeared to James. Then to all the apostles. And last of all, as to one untimely born... He appeared also to the Apostle Paul, whose pen it was that wrote these words, to a church in the city of Corinth, which is in modern-day Greece, telling them that he too had seen the risen bodily Savior, God the Son, Jesus. This morning, we just want to declare to you, as a matter of first importance, And as a foundation of our faith, we declare that He is risen. risen We declare that Jesus of Nazareth, the Christ, Messiah, God the Son, was crucified according to God's eternal plan to redeem mankind from sin. We declare that Jesus was crucified. For your sin and for mine. We declare that Jesus was buried and was raised to life from the dead bodily on the first day of the week, following his death as a victorious Savior and King of Kings. We declare that the resurrection of Jesus was seen by his disciples 
and many others in the days following his resurrection. We declare that Jesus ascended back into heaven where he is right now at his father's side awaiting the command to return to this earth in order to visibly establish his kingdom that I believe has already been inaugurated and can be lived in if by faith we will simply obey. We declare that salvation from sin, that forgiveness and restoration, redemption comes to followers of Jesus only by God's grace and only through repentant faith. We declare what the scripture says and, and will continue to say. I mean, how times, I mean, how times you open this word. You may find yourself in stories about men by the name of Abraham. But you'll discover as you read the stories about men named Abraham that they all point toward the one who was to come from his children who in his mind was unbelievable and irrational. As old as he was, as old as his wife was, never having had children, but God provided You'll read in the scripture stories, actual accounts about men named Moses and Joshua who led the people out of captivity, who led them across bodies of water into parcels of land that were called promised land, out of, out of the, the, the sorrow of slavery and into the place of promise. But what you'll be hearing is about the one who is to come and lead us from our sin, from our brokenness, into a brand new place of promise provided only by the work of that one who is to come. You'll hear stories about kings like David, who as a young boy went down into a valley where he faced a giant. He took a stone and he put it in a sling and he slung it around and around. And when he let go, that stone sunk into the head of the giant. And Israel won the great victory. But what you'll be reading is a foretaste of the one who would come and face sin in all of its ugliness. In, in, in all of its, uh, of its, of its uh, fear and trepidation. And you would find the one that looked like he could have never amounted to anything. And he too would not take a valley but a hilltop. Where it would seem that the giant of sin had defeated him. But ultimately he was winning the victory with every drop of his blood. With every release of his breath. You read stories about prophets... Standing and declaring the truths about the promises that have been made through our Heavenly Father. And you'll be seeing those that were rejecting these prophets and putting them in pits and ignoring them. But what you'll be seeing is the picture of the one who was to come and proclaim that the kingdom of God was ready to be revealed. And yet he was rejected by his own He was disdained by those that should have known him, yet he continued to declare. You'll read stories about those that have gone before, all pointing forward to the one who was to come. And if you keep reading in your scriptures, you'll find four that tell the story of the one who came in a very unusual, very unnatural way. Unusual in that he had no earthly father 
unnatural, and that ain't how it works. But yet the Scriptures tell us that God conceived in Mary. And Mary delivered the one who was eternal, who put on flesh so that he might could walk and identify completely and fully as we. That he might take the role that had been promised of him for centuries before as a descendant not only of Abraham, not only of David, but that descendant of God above. Human form, yet eternal God. Jesus took to the streets. Jesus performed miracles and preached messages of the glory that was to come through his rejection. You continue reading all four of those gospels, you'll see him rejected, taken, tried, convicted, wrongly, nailed to a cross, wrapped, and buried in a tomb. That's where we left him on Friday night, those of you who are here. We celebrated communion around the remembrance of the death of Jesus. But I told you to come back in two days. And I would tell you why that weeping doesn't last forever. And that's because, simply put, are you ready? He is risen. We declare that to you. We declare that all other earthly religions are just that. They're earthly. They hold no power whatsoever. You say, Kevin, how can you say that? That seems so very insensitive. I only say that because God in His Word so many times at the very beginning told His people, there is one God and only one, and I am Him. So I'm not saying what I think. I'm just repeating what he said. He said, but Kevin, you have to believe that those are actually the words of God himself to believe that. And I would reply, yes, you do. And yes, I do. We declare to you that there is one God. The I am of the Old Testament. The Savior, the New Testament. The Spirit coming after His ascension, revealing that there has been and always will be one God, three persons, Father, Son, Spirit. Say, Pastor Kevin, you believe that really? I do. And I'll just ask you, if you don't, well then in what do you believe? Because I think if you dig hard enough... If you study long enough, you'll find whatever it is you're holding to apart from the one that was crucified and raised for our salvation. You'll discover it rooted in the thoughts and intentions of mankind. But God has revealed himself to us. God has shown to us that what he says is true. There's a Savior who loves you. There's a Savior who died for you. There's a Savior who rose from the dead to provide for your salvation and for your eternity. To provide a new opportunity and a new purpose for your today. That's why I want to spend the rest of my time declaring that on the basis of all that we have said, 
we believe that God has shown over and over again that you matter. You matter. I remember when we were in the pandemic and the events in Minnesota happened with, uh, with Mr. Floyd and, and there were so many posts on, on social media about who mattered. That became very popular. Very quickly, it, it became a, 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 a normal hashtag that you saw everywhere. Black Lives Matter. Guess what? They do. They do. But because of confusion and frustration and just, can we just say plain old, just ignorance, we started arguing about which lives matter more. And it was a social media battle. Black lives matter. Blue lives matter. White lives matter. All lives matter. And we could never become uh, satisfied with anybody's post. And can I tell you what went through my mind and through my heart during that time? It was, how would God respond to all of us about who matters? And it came to my mind that I think God would look at the world and say, you matter. You matter. You matter to me. And it doesn't, it won't ever have anything to do with the color of your skin. It doesn't, it won't ever have anything to do with the royalty or lack thereof of the blood flowing through your veins. It doesn't, and it will never have anything to do with whether you were raised in privilege or poverty. It doesn't, and it never will matter which nation of this world that you were born into or which flag you place your hand over your heart and pledge allegiance to. It doesn't matter whether you were born uh, with all of your faculties or whether you were born limited and disabled. It doesn't, and it will never matter whether you're male or female. And can I declare that it doesn't, it never will matter whether you're confused about what that is because God says this, you matter to me. You matter. Now listen, Romans chapter number 5, verse number 8. Just in case you were wondering, how in the world can you say that? Well, he actually says it. Romans chapter 5, verse number 8 says this. But God shows his love for us. Everybody just raise your hand, left or right. It don't matter. Raise it and hold it up. Just everybody, just, just lift it up. Even if it's just, or, or a little pinky finger, just put it up. You are us. And, and it wouldn't matter where we're at in the world. I could get any crowd together and say, hold up your hand and you are the us of Romans 5 8 but God shows his love for us humanity human beings red yellow black and white they are precious in his sight broken jaded angry abused forgotten abandoned he looks at us and he proves his love for us in this while we were still Sinners, Christ died for us. Now, if you read in the passage earlier, Paul is making an argument. 
And he's going to say, this is really an astounding thing that God the Son did for us. Stepping out of glory, emptying himself, whatever that means when Paul was writing in Ephesians. Emptying himself so that he might put on flesh, so that he might be like you and me. It's for his love. He stepped out to demonstrate that you matter. Of course, Jesus died for his own glory. Of course, he was raised for God's great glory. Of course, he redeems us so that he might stand back in glory in his great awesomeness. But he did it because you matter. So many of us today are wondering if we matter or not. And we do all we do where we work, our ambitions in life, the the things that we try to attain to are, are all so that we can reach a place where we feel like we matter. And when we don't feel like we matter, you know what we do? We get depressed. We look for a place to hide. We look for a place to run because we don't feel like we matter. And God saying to us today, hey, you matter. You matter to me. Now, can I tell you a little bit of secret about, about me and my wife? See, it's important to me that I matter to her, right? So my love language is, is words of affirmation, okay? Her words matter a whole lot to me. Your, your words matter too, right? I, I appreciate your words. <laughs> but your words don't matter near what her words matter. Why? Because she's the most important human being in my life. God's not saying that what others say aren't going to have an effect on you. But I think what he's saying is, is if, if you matter to me, then really, what does everybody else think really matter? Because you matter to your creator. But God, I don't deserve it. doesn't matter. You matter. But God, I, I, I can't ever attain to your glory. It doesn't matter. You matter. But God, every time I try to follow you, I stumble and fall. It doesn't matter. You still matter. And I proved it by sending God the Son to die in your place and for your sin. You matter so much that he not only died in your place and for your sin, but you matter so much he'll set you free. If by faith in Jesus and Jesus alone, you will surrender all other allegiances and lay your yes down with him as a follower of him, he'll not only save you, he'll set you free from your sin so that you can follow him obediently. You'll find that truth in Romans chapter number 6, verses 6 through 11. It says that, that those who come by faith will be set free from their sin. So we also, if by faith, need to consider ourselves dead to sin and alive unto God. See, he's not just about saving you. He's about transforming you. He's about releasing you so that you might follow him obediently. You matter so much that he'll come and dwell with you in the person of the Holy Spirit in order to strengthen and lead you into his plan for your life And through all the circumstances you face. He doesn't just save you and leave you alone. 
He promises that the Comforter, Jesus said, will come and be with you. He'll be in you. Now, how does that work? How is it that the person of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the one God, how is it that he comes to dwell within us? Can I tell you this? You won't find that answer from me because I don't know. But if he can get up from the grave and you'll be hard-pressed to deny that historically. You'll try, but you won't succeed if he can get up out of the grave from being graveyard dead from a Roman execution. Then I really don't have a problem with him saying that the Holy Spirit can come dwell with me and Charlie and Chad and everybody else. He ain't got to explain it to me. I'm going to follow the one who's alive from the dead. He doesn't just save you to leave you. He doesn't just save you to punch your ticket so that you can live your life and just end up in heaven one of these days. No. He saves you so that he might transform you. So that he might make you new and that he might uh, change what you are to what you can be through his power. And he gives you the Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, to strengthen us as we face any and every circumstance. He said, why would he do that? Because you matter. You matter so much that when you fail, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you've put your faith and trust in him and him alone, when you fail, and you're going to fail a lot, a whole lot, a bunch, every time we fail, we're able to walk into his presence and say, Father... I did it again. I know it's only Sunday, and I was here Saturday. He says, no, you matter. Through confession and repentance, he'll restore you right back into that relationship. If you know Jesus by faith, if you've trusted him, if you've believed, as Jesus told Nicodemus, that God loved the world so much he gave his only son, whoever believes in him. Well, those are the ones that Jesus will save by faith and transform by faith. Those are the ones that he'll send the Spirit to dwell with by faith. You matter so much, he'll forgive and restore you by simple confessions. 1 John 1, 9, when we confess our sin, he's faithful, he's just to forgive us and to cleanse us. You matter so much that he'll Equip you with abilities to serve him and sharpen others. He'll give you the ability to operate in, in his power in ways you never thought possible. Now, I don't mean that you'll have superpowers. You're not going to fly, run fast, pick up heavy things. But he will give you of his ability to serve him so that as he calls you and leads you and invites you to follow him in the circumstances that you live, in the realities and the norms of your life, he'll equip you to serve him obediently. And through those gifts, he'll use you to sharpen one another. It's very natural for you to think that it's my job to sharpen you. That I'm to stand and to take God's word and to use it to sharpen you. Guess what? That's true. That's my role. That's my responsibility. But everybody in this room has a responsibility to me. 
See, I'm only doing what God has gifted me to do for you. But every one of you have a gift that if you will allow him to, can be used to sharpen me. So see, when I do a bad job, it's really your fault if you're not sharpening me. (laughs) You matter so much that he not only saves you and transforms you and comes to dwell with you and forgives you when you fall and fail and, and make a total idiot of yourself, he gifts you with abilities from him that you can use, if you will, to serve him and build others. Romans chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4 will help you there. You matter so much that he will fit you together with other believers in his collective body, which is called the church. Now, yes, this is a church. But God has designed us to fit together uniquely different, but extravagantly necessary for one another. We fit together so that we can build one another up. Because guess what? Even though you matter, it's not all just about you. It's about you and us together completing and fulfilling the plan of God so that not only do you matter, we matter. And can I tell you honestly, we need you if we're going to matter as effectively as possible. He says, you matter so much that I'll put you together with folks you might not even like, but that's okay. That's okay. It'll help you. You matter so much that he'll use you on his mission to communicate to others about him, about what has been done for them through the person of Jesus. He'll use you to tell them about him and to tell them how much they matter. Say, Pastor Kevin, who are they that matter? Can I tell you this? You'll never catch eyes with somebody that does not completely matter to your Creator. You say, Pastor Kevin, I've seen a whole lot of broken folks that I go, they could never matter to Him. Yep. Because here's the problem. You're seeing more brokenness in them than you do you. And that's the problem. You'll never see anyone more broken than you, and you'll never lay eyes on anyone for which Jesus Christ did not willingly lay down his life. Why? Because they matter. We matter. You matter. Can I declare something right now? That you can spend your entire life attempting to matter to your family, to the community that you live in, to the place that you work for. You can spend an adult life trying to matter to the person you've committed your life to, the children that have been born to you. 
You can go round and round and round trying to matter in every sphere and arena of this life. And you'll walk away defeated because you'll never feel like you really matter. But the one who made you, the one who knows you, he says, look what's been done. See him who was crucified. See him buried. See the tomb empty. You matter. I love you, he says. He'll never change his mind about that. You'll never be bad enough that he'll say, I've decided not to love you. But what he's not going to do is force himself on you. He'll never make you respond. He'll never force you to surrender. But he'll keep on saying, come to me. Come to me, all of you who have tried to matter. In every place, in every arena, come to me. That, that, that tried to matter, and then all of a sudden you discovered, I don't matter. He said, you do to me. Get in here. How do I matter? By faith in Jesus and in Jesus alone. Maybe it is that you're here and you're curious. Somehow, okay, all right, that's, that's interesting. I'd like to hear some more about that. In fact, in, in fact I, I, wonder, I wonder if that guy would let me, would, would buy me a cup of coffee and, and let me try to talk him out of the faith he thinks he has. I, this, this guy would love to do that. I'll buy, man. Let's go. I love coffee. I'd love to talk more. If you're curious, we're excited to continue the conversation. All you got to do is let me know. You say, how do I let you know? Um, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. When I get done from here, I'm, I'm going to take a stack of cards. It's going to take y'all a while to get out of here. I'm going to take a stack of my cards, my business cards. got my cell phone number, my email address. I'm going to put it on that table back there with those blue bags, which, by the way, if you're here for the first time, make sure you don't go home without a blue bag. But anybody who wants to continue this conversation or any other conversation, I'm going to put my information back there. Let's do it. Let's keep talking. Let's keep sharing. Let's keep, let's keep digging. Let's keep looking. Or maybe it is that you're here and you recognize that while you know these things, you've not said anything today I've never heard before. While I know those things, I, I, I recognize that I've never responded to those things. You know, I've said things like, yeah, Jesus loves all his children and, you know, I'm just trying to, just trying to be a good, you know, good follower of Jesus. But honestly, those are just things I say and I don't know that I've ever truly surrendered myself to him. Or maybe you did that as a child and don't remember and, and you go, but man, my, my life is definitely demonstrating that I didn't, that wasn't a change. But I, I, I think, I think today I'm, I'm hearing for the first time maybe what I'd like to respond to. Where I just set down everything that I've been chasing and turn myself over to him. Because I believe that I matter enough that he'll free me from the stuff I'm wrestling with. I'll just follow him. And he'll equip me. He'll dwell with me. He'll lead me. He'll use me for his glory. 
And I just want to respond to him today. Well, today would be a great day for you to respond in simple faith. God, I know I'm a sinner. I believe Jesus died for me. I believe that you raised him from the dead. And I believe that you did that because I matter. I want you to save me, forgive me, make me one of yours. You can walk out of here a follower of Jesus. Equipped, fit for usage, and on mission for his glory. Or maybe it is that you're already a follower of Jesus today. You've just forgotten how much you matter. Maybe today's the day that you go, you know what? I do. And you can step into his loving embrace. And allow him to squeeze on you one more time. Reminding them as long as you matter to him, it don't matter about nobody else. Today would be a great day to let him define your worth and ignore the other voices surrounding you. Maybe you're a follower of Jesus but have either never stepped into the place prepared for you in the body. Just kind of been living out on the fringes all the time. You trusted Jesus as Savior. I know, yeah, I know that they get together on Sundays, but you know, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. No, you don't. But you certainly have to be a part of the body if you're going to be a healthy Christian. You know, you, you don't have to eat three meals a day to be a human being. Sure, sure does keep things flowing though, right? Don't it? Maybe you've just kind of existed out there on the fringes and maybe today is the day that you need to say, hey, you know what? I guess I'm fit for something. I need to find where I plug so that I can be effective because I believe we matter and they're waiting on me to make up the we. I could go all day long on this. Okay. Today would be a great day to get reconnected, re-engaged, or maybe connected for the first time. Maybe you're a follower of Jesus but have forgotten how much they matter. They're all around you. You see them every day. But they matter to Him. You matter to them because you have what they need to know. Today would be a great day to ask God to forgive your lack of a witness and recommit to sharing your faith with others. More than anything today, I want us to walk out of here believing one thing and one thing for sure, and that is, He is risen. But with that on your tongue, I'd love for you to go out of this place today going, because I matter to him. He's made a way for me, and all I got to do is step into it by faith. Today would be a great day to go home, a child of God. Amen? Let's stand together. With heads bowed, with eyes closed. Nobody's looking around. Just you and the one who was raised victorious. Just you and the one who died in your place for your sin. If it's you and you say, I've never responded.
It's your desire. Just cry out to him right where you're at. God, I know I'm a sinner. I I don't understand it all, but I believe you died for me. I believe you were raised victorious. I believe you're alive right now. I believe you did it because you love me. And I want to trust in what you've done for me. To provide forgiveness of my sin, God, you know I got a bunch of that. Provide forgiveness, redemption. I want to be in your family. I want you to be my father. I want you to be your I want to be your child. In Jesus' name. If that's you, then I can say on the basis of God's word, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If that's what you meant. You really want to follow him. Christian, let's let resurrection day be the day that we just kind of do some business. Do some house cleaning. Celebrate what has happened and what we can celebrate, but just to get renewed, maybe forgiven, maybe reconnected. Father, we thank you for the day. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your word. We certainly thank you for your son. God, you're so good to us. I just ask that you'd move in all of our hearts. That we might hear what, uh, what you've brought us here to hear from, from your heart. God, I pray that, that the things that I have said that have gotten in the way, that you would just burn that out of their memory. That they would only hear your words. But God, I pray that every man, woman, boy, and girl in this place today would respond obediently. God, we thank you for what Christ has done. We thank you that we matter to you. God, I ask that you'll help us today to see our responsibility and to step into it with conviction and intention. Use us for your glory. First in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said.